Jason Brown is the founder and owner of the Misfits Collective, which helps founders and CEOs grow their companies from a place of higher consciousness. He invests in coaches in multiple startups and companies and leads multiple coaching groups that help people to make decisions for their businesses that are aligned with their purpose and values. After accomplishing a lot of external successes in the tech industry, Jason embarked on an inward journey five years ago, which has had a massive impact on his life and the way he makes decisions. So welcome. Thank you. Awesome to be here. Yeah. So uh, my first question is the Misfits Collective. Is that mm -hmm. is that to the band or where did you come up with that name? Well, actually, it's funny because I see entrepreneurs that do this all the time. I was trying to come up with my own name and branding for my company and my mission and my Dharma, although I didn't know it was Dharma at the time. And my previous own version of that was hilarious. And then I actually met professionals that do this for a living. And when they heard what I was up to and what I wanted to do, um, they're like, okay, we'll get back to you with what we think your brand could be and all these epic ideas. And they're like, but first, can we just show you something we've been sitting on? And sure enough, the, the lead designer had created the Misfits Club years ago. And when he showed me the brand and he's like, the whole time I've been listening to you talk, he's like, you're such a misfit. And he's like, I don't know why I created this this many years ago. He's like, but I've been sitting on this, wondering what do I do with this epic brand? And when he showed it to me, I was like, that's it. Oh my gosh, like, how did that happen? And so it was, like, it was like one of those nudges that we both got and he got it years in advance. And when he showed it to me, I was like, whoa, like that's it. And, and then I added the collective because I just believe like we're meant to rise together. And through a lot of my journeys and psychedelic journeys, that theme just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And so for me, it was like serving the collective through the misfits, but requiring to find and attract the other misfits that are out there. Because uh, I think all of us, in some way, we always feel like we're a little bit of a misfit. And yet when we congregate, we're like, oh, there's others just like me. So it was like that, but it was really interesting that I had to surrender my own creative process to an actual professional where that's their gift. And the level of epicness between their gift and mine in that regard was so obvious and laughable. And yet, you know, and I see this all the time with, with entrepreneurs. It's like, we talk ourselves into doing these things when we know it's not our thing. And it was just like, a, it's always a perfect example when people love the brand and they see what it is and they ask me about it, it just reminds me you know, that was a perfect time where I was forcing something that was clearly meant for someone else's gift to shine through. Yes. Oh, that's such a common thing for business, especially, I mean, when you start out, you're the only one in it and you have to do everything. And then for me, it's a sales thing. Like, mm. oh, well, it was also for accounting, just, well, I hire people and then they just can't do it the way I do it. And had to get out of that mindset because I was in my own way, making my own bottleneck and allowing people to do it their way and just leading them when they were lost. Yeah. yeah. So I call it, um, I feel like friction is a gift. And it took me a long time to realize that. It's like when you when you feel the friction in how you're expressing. So I look at life as like we're just constantly expressing our consciousness. And so business is one of the ways we do that. And 
what I realized is when I hit friction, that means someone else is meant to fill that in for me. It's like that their gift will fill that in. And trusting that has been just a fascinating journey. But when you trust that and release the control around that, just it, it forms so much more beautifully than you could ever plan or predict. And that is a huge place where I see people are really struggling with applying spirituality to their life in a practical way. It's like when the friction comes, we're taught to plow through it. We're taught to be resilient, get knocked down seven times, get up eight, effort, break through the wall, get into warrior mode, all those things. And I believe the exact opposite. I think the effort and the strength comes from trusting where your gift is and having the courage to stay in that and allow others with their gift to match with yours and rise together. And that's where the strength and the efforting comes in. And so what I realized now, that's a perfect example of, I was efforting out of alignment, not in my flow. And sure enough, when I met the people that do this in their flow, where that's their dharma and their gift to the world, it was so obvious and it matched so beautifully. And then combined, we were stronger. And I feel this is all the time. So I tell, you know, one of the things I coach all the entrepreneurs is like, when you hit the friction, immediately look at it as what is the gift here? Because the friction is telling you to go back to your dharma, to go back to your purpose. It's not telling you to plow through the wall. The wall's there for a reason. The wall is not your path. That's the purpose of a collective, yeah. that we have our gifts that, that we need to focus on. Yes, and we talk ourselves out of doing our gifts full time. We sure and do. Usually, and the reason for that is almost always related to some sort of lack or scarcity or victim mindset that's creeping in. I can't afford it. I need to control it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm supposed to peer persevere. I'm the CEO or the founder. I'm supposed to, you know, work 20 hours a day. Like all those stories that we tell, when you really peel those back, they all fall away when you really ask the question, are you or your higher self in this moment? And the friction is usually yelling at you saying, no, you're not, because you're not supposed to be. It's not a flaw, it's a gift. And then trust that you can magnetize in the other gifts to rise together and that for most founders is one of the hardest things that they struggle through but when they start to get it there's massive breakthroughs because your trust your trust starts to build and then you're and it, it releases you to actually have more freedom to spend in your gift in your dharma in your purpose and it's like we're all we were all guilty it's almost like we have this um this fear of the shame or the guilt about being in our gift full time oh yeah yeah for sure and it's funny yeah you actually get to the point, which is, it seems to be very difficult, but it's always like one simple thing that tips you over the edge and it's like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't actually need that story. Mm -hmm. oh, something I learned a long time ago that's actually not true. Then it's so easy to just let go and and, and let it happen. It's mm -hmm. funny because my sister and I were talking yesterday about like the first summit that we were at, I lost 40 pounds between the two summits Amazing. and only in two months. And she's, it's like, well, how did that happen? And I, I was like, I think I just changed my beliefs mm -hmm. from this is hard and it has to take forever to this is easy and it's just going to happen. I mean, yeah. and then it did. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's funny how we just are, we're conditioned to believe in hard work and struggle mm -hmm. and that the struggle is noble and mm -hmm. that being poor is noble 
and mm -hmm. none of that's true. Um, the people who give the most have the most. So mm -hmm. being poor and stuck and struggling just makes everybody else have to be poor and stuck and struggling. I look at it as we're always in alignment. So I hear this a lot, especially in the spiritual community. It's like, oh, I got, I'm out of alignment. I got pulled out of alignment. And I'm like, actually, no, you're always in alignment, but you may not be in alignment with your higher self. You are receiving the alignment that you're putting out. And so I believe the order is that your energy precedes you. So everything you're doing, your energy goes out first. So if it's your lower self or victimhood consciousness portraying itself and you're expressing through that, you're going to get more of that. And so that's the alignment you're going to receive. So like you're talking about with the weight loss, when you shifted to higher consciousness and the confidence and the courage to display that, the field around you, including your own self, had to reflect that back. Yeah. And it's it's very exciting to find out that you can actually have what you want <laughs> and that it's not going to be torture and slavery. Yes. Yes, we I, like I, one of the things I've noticed is I was living my life very linearly. And it's like, you know, you, you begin and you go through life and you go through the struggle and you have some of these up and downs, but it's like this linear progression towards the end. And it's like, we're always chasing something outside of ourselves. We're always climbing the mountain and maybe you get to the peak and you go up and down the mountain a little bit, but you're still hopeful that you're, you're moving towards, you know, the mountaintop. And what I realized is that life isn't going that way so it's not a horizontal linear progression we think it is but actually when you you know move up realms of consciousness where you're living in a higher version of yourself it's actually vertical and when you start moving up vertically from that lower level of consciousness which is like that victim consciousness where life is happening to me when you switch out of life is happening to me to life is happening for me the the change and the rapid ascension is unbelievable and it's like as you move up everything you're holding on to in that kind of victim life happening to me it starts to melt away because you can't even hold it because it's the lower frequency and so that even happens physically to us quite often as, as we actually start to love life more where we realize oh wow this is all for me so the friction is for me the friction is the gift to move me back towards my true self which is to be in alignment expressing our higher self that means moving into your dharma, into your purpose, where you can actually feel lit up and you feel like you're in that flow. That's when you're actually creating the energy that you're sending out. That's when you're actually moving from being feeling like you're trapped in the matrix where the matrix is happening to me. You start realizing, oh, wait, there's a game being played here. It's actually happening all for me. And, you know, things like plant medicine and others can start to help you realize like, oh, wow, that that trauma in this mysterious, mystical, sometimes profound ways, you start to see how it served you, how it made you stronger, how it made you better, how it made you open your heart more, things like this. And then as you move up the pyramid of consciousness and you shed that density, what you put out starts to reflect back. But we're so used to linear that we think that when we get something good, that around the corner is the tiger or there's something wrong or the darkness is coming around every single corner because that's what we were taught. And it's like, no, when you move up those realms, the lower self is still there. You're just honoring it in a different way where it's like, hey, I'm not the victimhood. I'm not living there like I was before. I honor my path. I honor what happened to me. I see it in a new light. And as you see it in a new light, you become lighter. And then you move up and then you start realizing, wait a minute, I can actually create my version of the matrix by having my energy precede me. 
and we I see this a lot in the spiritual community. We get first in this, where it's like, oh, we start to realize, like, wow, I'm actually in control of my energy. I can do this. I'm getting these bursts of downloads through breathwork or plant medicine, and getting bursts of understanding what my dharma and my purpose is. But then we go back to living linearly, and we think, oh, because I had this burst of awesomeness and alignment, that the shadow must be around the corner, even though I already yeah. dealt with my shadow. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. It works vertically, which means when you move up, you can stay living there. It's not the absence of the shadow. It's just that your strongest frequency is running the show now. And you're honoring the past. You're honoring those things that we used to think were flaws or things that happened to us in a different way. We're, we're re-alchemizing you know, our entire lives. And then when you do that, you literally shed density. That's what's been amazing to me. I too had complete body transformation as I started going deeper. It's like amazing. The best uh, weight loss drug on the planet is actually doing <laughs> the right? It sure is. It sure it's like, is. You know, right? It's, it's, it's shocking, but it's like a, it's a density change. And I really see that. And you really start, you can really start to feel the energy precede you. And we can't serve more than one master. So, so the question I always say to people is like, when they feel out of alignment, it's like, well, alignment to what? If it's your higher self, then yeah, let's get back to there. What are the, what are the things you need to do in your life to go back to those moments where you've experienced that flow, that higher self that shows up? And it's like, that's where the work is. Do the modalities to clear off the tower to get back to your higher self and then send your energy ahead of you so that as life keeps coming to you, you've already predicted how it's going to show up because you've already sent your energy ahead. And that there doesn't have to be the tiger around the corner because you've already dealt with it, right? And if you're looking for it and you're waiting to be the victim of it, find guess, it. guess what you're going to get? Hello, <laughs> tiger. Right. Yeah. It, it's um, it's fascinating because it's like completely counterintuitive to how we're taught, and I think it's actually beautiful once you get it because it's like a cosmic joke. It's like we're taught all these other ways to live that keep us in our lower selves, and we fight with it, and we struggle with it, and we persevere with it, and then people succumb it, but they think because they succumbed it eventually, that all the struggle was the actual playbook. And it's like, no, it's, it's not. It's once, once you release it, you don't have to run those plays anymore. Yeah, I like that analogy. You are running yeah. plays. Um, totally. And I think a lot of that came from religion and also just came from wounding in our caregivers where they were just repeating what was handed For to sure. them. And yeah. um, religion and the machine of business wanting to keep keep employees, keep churning out employees and so that we have people who are not necessarily empowered, but mm -hmm. people who are going to live for our dream, make us money and, and not connect deeply with themselves and have their own purpose, which is unnecessary. I mean, mm -hmm. the world can function on a much higher level than that with all people being in their power without slavery and such. Um, but it's at this where we go back to the beginning of the conversation where a lot of times we're self we're, we're directionally correct. So we're intellectually living from our heart. It's like we think we're doing the right thing. And then we get out of frequency. And so that's when that when that friction comes. How many people do you know that when they feel friction, their first thought is, oh, this is because this isn't my higher self's path. Let me go clear off my tower 
get into alignment and then magnetize in who's going to show up to help and fill this in. Most of us don't look at it that way. When we hit friction, we attract more friction and it pulls us out of alignment. That's how you can see so many epic leaders in any art form, whether it's business or music or actual art, right? Or politicians or whatever, you know, a lot of them, they go into it with this altruism. So it's like that, that intellectual heart center thinking, I'm going to do this. This is going to be great. And then they get in there and they're partially in their alignment, but then all the ways that they're meant to learn these lessons start to show up and it pulls them out of alignment, but they're still in alignment, but they're just moving into their lower self because until you deal with that, you're going to experience more of it. And I see this again and again. It's like we started on the path, especially in businesses, right? It's like the reason we did it was so pure. And then we move out of the alignment so fast. Um, one, of, one of the things I find the most amusing is, you know, I travel the world a lot. I'm in masterminds like with you and Fit for Service. And I think Fit for Service is, is, an, is a great example um, because the, the collective there, the trainers, they're also in their higher selves and they're doing the work beside us. I love it. Yeah. I've been in a lot of other retreats and masterminds around the world or spiritual communities or spiritual centers. And the modalities that are being delivered can help us all unlock new levels of our higher selves. And yet the efforting and the construction around the delivery of those modalities, generally meaning the businesses wrapped around the container of the delivery is totally in lower consciousness and lower victim mode or lack, right? It's like they're not in abundance. So it's like they're helping us get cracked open but the business itself is totally in this other, other realm. And I, you know, I, this is a repeated pattern that I see all the time. It's um, we want to go so deep into the higher self modalities. We want to bring them all to life, but then the minute we start to construct it, we go right into our own lower self stories and victimhood and warrior mode and efforting. Um, and it's like, we forget the rules. It's like, the rules don't change because the way we're expressing our art form is changing, right? So the same thing when a poem comes through you or music flows through you, or, you know, sometimes athletes talk about this. I've been there back in my glory high school days, you know, when the shot just keeps going in, right? You're in that flow state. When we're in our flow state, it's beautiful. But when the friction shows up, what we mostly do is we fight it versus going back to clearing off the tower. And so that's really the order of how I've changed my life. It took me until my fifth, I'm now 50. I really took that long to figure it out. It's like I had life backwards the whole time where it's like when I would see friction, I'm like, oh, I guess I got to effort. I got to plow through. Yeah. Right. And I could, you could spend a decade plowing through stuff, <laughs> not, for you, not for you. Right. And then, right. And then if you just had the courage to stay in your alignment and thrust, it's going to work out. It moves so much faster. And it's like ridiculous how my life has shifted so much in the last few years. Putting in less efforting is completely counter counterintuitive. But the strength and the courage comes from pausing. So I never used to treat pause and stillness as a courage action. Yeah. And I, now I think it's like the cheat code. So mm -hmm. when I when I can't feel what to do next, or I can't feel like what is my higher self asking me to do, or when I hit friction. So when I hit friction now, I stop and pause and go back to clear off my tower. Go, go do one of those modalities that can light and lights me up to give me clarity in that stillness. And I think like the action of stillness is so beautiful. And it's the thing that entrepreneurs should practice the most. It's like stopping and being still 
is the best action for your business so you can receive and get clarity on what is the frictionless path and trusting yeah. that, that that's actually allowed and possible and it's supposed to be frictionless not <laughs> a struggle and just because you had some success doesn't mean the struggle is next it's like no you have the cheat code it's okay to live in the beautiful cheat code of life yeah and so i mean for me i didn't ever learn that rest was acceptable you know mm -hmm. that was that was a big no no we stay busy we are always doing chores around the house or we're working mm -hmm. or we're doing religion or you know and time for rest and play was just maybe an afterthought if anything at all and i ended up burning myself out and you know it's really hard to do anything and be successful starting a business was the biggest gift i've ever mm -hmm. given myself because i would have still been doing that grind in corporate all it was it's the hardest thing i've ever done but mm -hmm. to have to, it, it stripped away all these masks and stories and identities. And um, I guess I want to go to plant medicine with that because I haven't done much plant medicine. Um, but we went to that party after mm -hmm. uh, Fit for Service and I tried mushrooms. And I mm -hmm. didn't really take that much, I didn't need it, I don't have a tolerance. Mm -hmm. um, and it was amazing to me because I've done a lot of work. I've been doing it for three, four years, all mm. different modalities um, as far as just meditation, journaling, uh, movement and therapy mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But I was kind of stuck. And that night at that party, I got to just be the observer of myself like I have never mm -hmm. been before yes. and stand outside and watch myself try to interact with people and try not to interact with people and all of my mm -hmm. shyness and my at one point i was my friend angela was like i was sitting under the stairs like being my usual rebellious i don't want to be here i'm serious and proper self and she said mm -hmm. she starts laughing and she says oh rihanna's over here still trying to live in polite society give it up girl and i just started laughing and crying uncontrollably at once and i was like that is exactly what i'm doing so yes. funny and then the rest of the night just like watching myself go in and out of that and it was a mm -hmm. great time and it, it it was fun it was hard there were time slowed way down but by the time that was over i was done with that stuff like and that was one of my big blocks, like marketing. I will not hire marketers because it's not effective. And I just hired a marketing team that is quite an investment. And I know that it's going to work and I have no doubt. But sometimes you need something like that to just break through that, that last bit because you could be in therapy for years. But if you don't have the body connecting through it, yes. you might not make a lot of progress. Yes, I believe all those modalities, I believe all the bridges are valid. So all those modalities can help you and crack you open in different ways. And we focus a lot on the modality itself. You know, so people, they always want to know my protocol. What's my morning routine or what's my psilocybin routine or 
you know, we, um, we brag about, you know, how many trips we've done or, you know, how many grams I took or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, those things are all important. I, set and setting is so important. But what's really important is what is the messages you got when you're in the modality and you tapped into your higher self or you tapped into the field, you tapped into source, whatever words you want to use or God spoke to you or the spirits or um, the cosmic elves that some people see, whatever it is, right? It's, there's lots of different ways to receive these messages. And then the real question is, what are you implementing? What are you integrating? And as I've traveled in all these communities and done an obscene amount of modalities myself on a daily basis, I've discovered which ones really help me crack open and stay open. Or when I need to burst, when I get into my lower self, when I'm into my own wobble and into my own nonsense. It's like, I know which ones to go to first. Typically breath work and walking are my two big ones. Uh, I really find listening to Paul Selig, who's a channeler that Aubrey works with a lot. Um, listening to him gives me incredible downloads immediately. Um, but I find like breath is the, is the fastest uh, way to get, get some messages. But the messages are irrelevant if we don't apply them. Yeah. And, and so that's what I really encourage people to do is like when you have one of these moments, whether it's ecstatic dance or breath work or meditation or you got really cracked open during a ceremony, those are all epic. But what are you integrating? Because that's what the messages are for. And I think it's amazing that it can come in all these different ways. Mm -hmm. But what are you applying? Like, what's the through line to, to those messages? What's the lesson that you're, you're applying? And that's where I've recognized, like, you can be doing the spiritual work. But if you're looking at it as something to accumulate, because we're trained that way, it's like, you know, let's go get the most toys. You can collect the most modalities and badges of, um, you know, I did ayahuasca 300 times, or I took the most grams of mushrooms, or I do breath work every day, or I crushed my morning routine. It's like, that's great. What did you implement? And the difference I noticed in all these communities that I travel through, it's the people that are really honest about applying the downloads, listening to the nudges, listening to the omens, the whispers, the messages, and take action on that, take aligned action on the messages. Their transformation is so much more rapid. Like just so so much faster and lighter and they start to move to the other side to start finding a lot more of this humorous yeah and you'll notice when you listen to some of the people that we think are kind of the gurus like the alan watts or the ram das or sad guru whoever you like you know not everyone loves all these guys but when you listen to them you'll notice that they're still laughing about how flawed they are but they're also deeply deeply finding all of this hilarious in some way it's like they laugh at their own programming. They laugh at when they flip between higher and lower self. They laugh at the cosmic joke that's all there. And I think that's really true, is having done enough and gone into my own nonsense, there's always some humor to it. Even if in the moment it doesn't feel like it, eventually, doesn't matter the medicine or the art form, there's some sort of cosmic joke happening. Because we're just learning to go back to what we already are. That's the joke. It's not outside of yeah. us. It's like we started in this perfection and then we came out with, and then we start immediately get stuff layered on top of us. And it's like going back to those layers and start to peel them off to go back to ourselves. It's like that, that saying of we're all walking each other back home. But it's like, I don't know and I'll never understand your trauma, right? It's like the worst thing that ever happened to someone is the worst thing that ever happened to them. 
And you know, you, like you can't stack rank the, the trauma, right? It's like your whatever was your worst thing was your worst thing, and my worst thing is my worst thing. And it's like I can't know you in trauma, but I can know you in truth because that's where we're all the same. We're all the same at that that love frequency, the source frequency, the collective, the truth. We're all the same there. We're all one. That's where we're all one. But then we layer on our own individual stories on top of that. And then the journey is to find those and uncover them. And every time I get downloads, it comes with humor because I believe it's literally saying, hey, don't forget, you already know all this. You already are all this. You've layered these stories on top. Why don't we unravel a few? Oh, and here's a nudge to help you along the way. And so it's that, it's applying the knowledge, the wisdom that you got in these modalities and to use that for the integration, to get closer to who you already truly started as. Yeah. And how did you start down this path? It was, um, two things were happening simultaneously. One, in my business career, I was around so many people that were successful in the ways that we typically look at that, right? Yeah. So I was, I was I, I, I'd been on the jets. I've been around billionaires. I was just coming out of a startup that, you know, went from early stage to multiple billions. So in Silicon Valley, like it was a, it was a win of wins, right? It was backed by uh, one of the biggest VCs in the world, Andreessen Horowitz, A16Z. So like for all intents and purposes, I was around the pinnacles of success. And as I was around people that were ahead of me on the path, on the wealth accumulation, the success path, you know, that pride of, you know, really crushing it, I realized, wow, like this drumbeat is so loud that this is not the path because I'm watching those that are seem to be further ahead. I'm not, again, going back to living linearly. I was like, wow, those guys are way ahead of me on the mountain. And I'm already way up this mountain because I can turn around and see how far ahead I am of most people I knew, but I still knew other people that were like way further ahead. And I looked at them and I'd hang around them and I'd be like, none of us have this figured out. We are not at inner peace at all. But at the same time, I was already starting to accumulate some more inner work and starting to understand that. And so then I started going on the inner journey because I realized that those ahead weren't. They were ahead materially and incredibly materially, so successful in that way. But even they were struggling with, is this really it? Is this really it? And so when I started to go inward, how did you, how did you find that you needed to go inward? I mean, how did, what started that? Do you remember? Yes. Um, when I left that startup, it was a spectacularly negative ending where I was just like, I can't do this life anymore. And it was just coming off. We had massive wins where we were actually celebrating in Hawaii, incredible success. But that whole trip where we were in uh, Lanai, which is one of the most beautiful islands in the world. And we were supposed to be celebrating just how much we crushed it. And I realized there like, wow, like there's really nothing left to obtain here. And yet I feel the void. And then the drum beat got louder. And then a few months later, um, one of my friends, that I helped to join the company, he was really focused on moving up the, you know, the internal management ranks. He became my boss and subsequently fired me. Mm. And I was like, okay, if you want messages, 
here's a great <laughs> message that this is not the path. And I was yeah. just like, I was like, all right, I'm late forties. And what am I doing? Because I've already seen what's potentially ahead of me. And it, that's not winning. It looks like winning. It smells like winning, right? You know, $5,000 a night suites are awesome. Jets are awesome. Money's awesome. There's lots of epic events and things that we got to do because of that. But on each of those, that drumbeat just kept getting louder, that, that whisper of, you're on the wrong mountain. This isn't the way. And stepping away, I got offered within hours to go to all the other companies that smelled and looked like us for just as much epic package and incentive. And I just got started getting that whisper of, don't do it. You know that path, you know where it leads. There's another way for you to go. And from there, I started to look at more spiritual containers. That led me to doing some work in Haiti, uh, helping to build a school, because I thought that was the path, like, you know, go save everybody else. Um, and that was an amazing experience. It was incredible. But as I was down there, I realized that they were even happier than the guys I just left from <laughs> the resort and the planes and everything else. And I was like, <gasps> we don't have anything figured out. And so I realized that the path, the left, the path that was left was inside. And then I started doing breath work. And when I got introduced to breath work, that was it for me, because what happened during those sessions was so beautiful and profound and um, the, the energy release, the downloads I was getting, stuff I was seeing, the visions. Um, I was just like, wow, if your energy can move through you like this, like, wow, like what's, what else is there? And then, so that led me to many more modalities like that, like ecstatic dance and sound healing. And each time my body would start to move and have energy rushing through it in these mysterious ways, it just gave me more confidence that there was more to look at here. And that's when it led me to plant medicine. And then once I started doing high dose plant medicine, I mean, that just cracks you open in ridiculous ways. And so that, that was it. It was, it was, a, it was a, an awakening from my own previous tribe saying, hey, this isn't your path. So it was that friction. If you go back to the beginning of the conversation, it was like, I ran into the wall. And it's like, this isn't for you. And so... You know, I had to go back, you know, as Eric Godsey says, it's like that, that third act. I had to go down that mountain that I was climbing, go into the, into the void. There was definitely moments where I was like, what am I doing? What's the way here? This feels like the, you know, the pit of despair, right? Um, the dark nights of the ego. I don't call it dark nights of the soul because now I realize the soul is pure and just love. So it was dark nights of the ego. And what are you doing here? And is this really the way? Uh, all the time you have recruiters phoning you to come back to the other mountain, right? Um, but then I started to really find new tribe and find the others that had gone more inward. And then I realized, okay, there's a path here. And the more work I did, the beautiful thing was I started to feel like I had to abandon that other life completely and everything I had built. And what it does is it actually brought me right back. So I don't, I don't even believe like, like as you climb the, that spiritual inner mountain, it's like a, like a spiral, right? And it's like, so my groundhog day started bringing me back to my old life. So I, I tried to go away for a while and do that. I'm just going to hang around, you know, the other wizards and shamans and only do spiritual work every day. But it started pulling me back into, you know, the world that I was previously in. And then what happened is I started taking more medicine to find out why did I live that life first? I don't, it doesn't feel like I'm meant to just let it go. And what it showed me was, no, you, you went on that path 
because you're meant to turn around and and, let, and shine the light for everyone that's still there going up that mountain. And it's like, they know you, they trust you, you speak their language. So they're going to be able to hear you now. There's some already that have recognized that their drum beat is now getting loud and they need the guide and the proof that it's okay to come down that mountain and climb the other one. And so that's when I started realizing, whoa, business and startups and innovation and CEO life, it's just another way that we're expressing our consciousness. It's just another art form. And so once I realized that and you can reprogram your consciousness, but still express through all these modalities that we've constructed in life, that really gave me the peace and the confidence and the courage to go back to that world and say, hey, there's some directionally right things we were doing, but that void and that drumbeat you feel, it's because you're still living as your lower self. And it's like, you're just trying to become the highest version of your lower self. Yeah. But you can be the highest version of your higher self. And I'm starting to understand how to get there. Do you want to walk with me as I keep walking too? And then the minute I started doing that, then more tribe shows up and they light the way for me. And so it's like this, this cycle of as I climbed that other mountain, I started to realize it's more beautiful over here and you can light the way for others. And I think that's what we're meant to do. It's like, yeah, it's like we're going deeper to turn around and light the way. And, it, and you must do the bi-directional. That's why it's the collective to rise together. It's like, it may feel lonely until you find the other misfits or in our case, you find the other fit for service, right? And you realize, oh my gosh, there's lots of us. And then we go back to our old worlds after a retreat and then we get rocked because we're like, uh oh, they can't hear us. <laughs> yeah. Right. But what I realized is like they, some of them can. Yeah. And some of them can because they're just another version of you. And so what I realized is that's the bridge. It's like turn around to the life you're at, the path you already walked. And some of them can hear you. And some of them can't. And that's also frustrating because it's like I want certain people to hear me and they're just they're like, Dude, we don't understand you at all right now. And that's okay. Yeah. I had to learn, I had to learn that. Um, but they, you know, more and more can. And so, and so that's what it was. It was hitting that friction at the same time being way more open to going inward because the other paths got closed. So that was in hindsight, beautiful. Were there days there where I was dropping F-bombs? Like, yeah, of course I was, right? Because it's like we fight our own path, right? But that's the yeah. point. Right. And then when I embraced the path, wow, did it open up magically. And then the people that I needed started to appear. And that's what I've noticed. And so that allows me to follow the nudges now because I ran into a wall and I didn't break through it. I didn't persevere. I didn't do resilient. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe the wall means actually turn around and go a different way. Mm, yeah. And it's, I think so many people chasing that goal that's somebody else's goal which is the money and mm -hmm. the and jets and all of that and you you reach mm -hmm. it and you realize when you reach that one that you've already been there that you mm -hmm. did that at your college graduation you did that mm -hmm. at your first promotion where it lasted like five minutes and all of a sudden i feel empty again that's like right. when is when is this stuff going to start lasting because there isn't any actual intimacy or connection there when you aren't in your higher self when you're not doing what you were meant to do what you love to do um, mm -hmm. when it feels like work 
it's probably not the right thing for you. And mm -hmm. uh, I think most of us have been told that that's too bad. Work is just work and you have to make mm -hmm. money and, and there's no way that you get to live your dream and do a job or a dharma that you really love. And that's just not true. And but one of the things that came up at Fit for Service was the how dare you, right? It's like, yeah. how dare you, how dare you dim your light? How dare you play small? And that's 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 how I think about these things now. It's like, how dare I not clear off my tower and stay in my modality and stay in my dharma? Like, how dare I? Because what if I don't? I'm doing a disservice. And so when you hit the friction, how dare you? go into something that isn't in your flow because two things are happening then you're not in your flow which means you're not serving as best as you could and you're now preventing someone else from serving as best as they could and That's once true. i really understood that i was like wow okay i get that and it was so fortunate for me to be around people that had climbed the ladder faster and better than i did to see success that we deem success at the pinnacle of pinnacles. Like it's so blessing that I got to see it before I had to spend another decade chasing it. Cause it allowed yeah. me to turn around. It allowed me to turn around. And so like, I see this all the time. Uh, another friend of mine phrased it, but you know, on the weekend I was at an event with 500 people. We doing a cold plunge and sauna and breath work together. And one of the young guys there, he's, he's just, he's so into this already. And he's looking at me and he's thinking, you're so wise that he wants to be around and get, you know, downloads from me all the time. And I just call, I just like, hey, you're the time billionaire. Like you're 24. Yeah. I'm like, you're already on this path. Like, I'm like, this is a, like amazing. It's like, yeah. You're, do, you're, you're doing so great. And I want to um, see more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Young totally people who have so much time. Yeah. There's something about the middle age, like, you know, I'm, I'm the cliche, you know, I get close to 50 and it's like, suddenly you can actually see that the other mountain even exists. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 40. So I started this at probably 37 and yeah. I feel lucky. Like I'm younger than many that, yes. that started. Um, so let's talk about place. That's yes. your, is that your next? Your yeah. Next the move? first first place so so as part of again like you know aubrey talks about this too when the when the medicine talks to you when you're under plant medicine or you're in the downloads or breath work or whatever it's like i get these downloads i write them down or i send myself voice notes and it's like what's that through line that keeps coming and there's been one that's just been getting louder and louder and louder and it's been across multiple different types of modalities and a whole bunch of different types of plant medicine and it's the same story that we need a gathering place, a new style of temple. And if you look around, I'm, I'm always attracted to big cities, like my whole life, right? Like uh, I've always said my favorite city is Tokyo. A lot of people don't pick that, but I was just so fascinated by how so many people can live there in this harmony. And, uh, you know, grown up in Toronto, which is one of the, you know, the, the cities with the most towers being built. I think they're second in the world next to uh, Lagos, Nigeria. Right. So it's, it's very vertical. And, you know, and I went away to start looking for all these masterminds and retreats. You know, you, you get into that vibe of, oh, I can't be in the city now because I'm a wizard. <laughs> and yeah. at the same time, right, I'm getting the messages. It's like, no, shine the light there. And what I've started to realize is 
look at what we value. If you look at the temples or the buildings in each city, it shows you what we really value, right? What's the idols that we value? Banks. And so for in Toronto, it's all banks. It's banks and insurance companies <laughs> in, in telcos, right? It's like they're these giant towers. And seeing that combined with the messages I was getting was that we need a new temple. We need a new gathering place to go and express what life is like on the other side, right? And it's the celebration that it's okay to live as your higher self. It's okay to live in your dharma. It's okay to live an abundant life. It's okay to live without worrying that around the next corner is the darkness because you've already embraced your darkness and it's a part of you and it's the gift that got you to where you are and it's part of you, it's inside of you. You don't need to look for it because you're walking around with it but you love it. You've embraced it. You've transmuted it. And what I realized is to stay in that frequency requires me to be in the, using those modalities very frequently, really daily. And it's like, where do I go do that? And as I was traveling to Austin, Miami, and LA, and New York, and Montreal, and Vancouver, and Toronto, and I'm in this cycle, I'm constantly looking for tribe. And then when I hang out with them, we're constantly looking to, where are we going to go shake off our tower today and be around the others? Yeah. And there isn't anywhere to go. And at the same time, I'm, you know, I was in Belfast City because, you know, my family's, um, you know, got a lot of relatives and we're, we're all from Belfast. And it's like that culture completely celebrates drinking. And, you know, I hang out in Austin, Texas, has all these amazing live bars and incredible drinking. And I've stopped drinking. And I was like, damn, like, where can I go? And, you know, you start thinking about how cool it used to be, you know, going to Soul House and places like that. So there's like, there's these gathering places I've been part of my whole life. Pulling in tribe is something I've done my whole life. Being to epic parties and places around the world has been something my whole life. But now we need a new one where we can celebrate being on the other side of the inner work. And that's where I started to realize this through line, this download that keeps coming through all the journeys is to help and use the collective to build the place that we need to congregate and gather at in all the cities in all the places that matter, right? So we're not cobbling together to hang out together because I don't know if it's happened to you, but I really need to be around the tribe. Yeah. Because the inner work can feel like such a lonely path because typically those of us going first, we are the misfits in our tribes that we grew up with or that we currently have in our lives or our own families, yeah. right? It's like, we're the innovators, we're the misfits, we're going first. And to clear off our tower every day, we need a place to congregate and to do that and to celebrate. And one of my favorite things at Fit for Service is we do a lot of deep work. We go deep, but we also celebrate it, the arrows yeah. of it, as, as Aubrey and Vailana talk about. And it's that. And so I've been to lots of retreat places, but some of them feel like they're a retreat, like they're very dark and there's some sadness there because of the work people are doing there. Mm -hmm. And those are important. But I think what's also important is a place to celebrate and to express and all the ways we want to express, whether it's getting together to just have coffee or to have high vibe foods or to do ecstatic dance or to do the breath work or to gather and do some of the exercises we do, like the circling or whatever, or- um, Just a real know, conversation. Real conversation or <laughs> an, ep an epic DJ's in town. And there's gonna be an amazing sound healing. It's like, where can we go and do this? And you just know when you walk in, it's like, yeah, okay, tribe. Okay. And then that's going to show people 
that it's worth doing the inner work because the other side is fucking awesome. Yeah. We forget that. We forget that part. We we want to draw. We want to bond so much over the shadow. It's like we forget the point is to remember who we are, which is to express more from our love frequency. That love is amazing. That life is amazing. That it's okay to be epic. It's okay to have an epic life, and to be the proof of that as we congregate, and then others will look at that and be like, "Hey, wait a minute." That actually looks more fun than what I'm doing in my life. Let me go see what that is. What's this breathwork thing, right? Yeah, it's, and so it's, it's so like funny. Tower and the bridge. Yeah. Uh, like going out dancing, drinking. Mm-hmm. Is, for some reason, ecstatic dance for me much harder. Like the first time I've ever done ecstatic yep. dance was in Lockhart at the first Amazing. summit. So I've only ever danced drunk, and mm-hmm. It was just, I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. But then once I did it, I just went into myself and didn't look at other people and did my own thing. And I was like, oh, this is so amazing. It's so much better than getting drunk and dancing because Mm -hmm. when you learn that you don't need a drug to stop you from Mm -hmm. being inhibited, it opens up the whole rest of your life and potential. Bingo. Exactly. That same thing happened to me. I was a professional drinker. I don't know anyone that was a better drinker than me. Like I was really good at it. Same, same here. Right. And <laughs> I, I'd be known to bust the move too, right? I went to Coachella like eight years in a row, like whatever, right? Um, same thing for me. The first time I went to ecstatic dance with nothing, no medicine. I was like, we're doing what? We're dancing by ourselves through music without singing and like, what? I thought it was ridiculous until about 10 minutes in where I was like, well, actually no one is paying attention to me and I'm here. And so as I start to get into it and then I started to experience the same sort of downloads and energy through my body, like I would get through breath work and I was like, oh, now I yeah. kind of did it. And then the last one we did in Montana was so much fun. Everyone was dressed was up. so fun. And everyone's just in it and smiling and having a, an epic time. and. While I was dancing, all I was thinking about is there's so many people in my life that I wish could experience this. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. so it's that. And so that's really that's that's the next project is it's that that first place, the gathering place for all of us that have gone first to light the way for everyone else. But we have to keep our lights bright. And the way to do that is we have to stay in the modalities. I know that. I slip out of mine all the time. Right. And it's like, well, where do I go? And, and, and when I'm traveling so much, it's like, where can I go? And so you know, yeah. they always say startup, you should build the product that you want that you're going to actually use. So I'm customer one of this of this because I need it myself. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, I get way into shadow work because it's easy. Mm-hmm. I can do it in my bedroom and I have a lot of it to do. But also when I the weekend comes or I have time off or I'm like okay I've spent too much time by myself this week it's time to go outside and see the sunshine and interact with people there isn't anywhere to go it's yeah it's like I don't want to go get drunk I'm tired Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. and eating no not for entertainment so much anymore sometimes but Mm -hmm. not all the time. And so it's like, there's this place in uh, Rancho Mirage. I'm in La Quinta, which is kind of near Palm Springs. And it's called Sunnylands. And every Friday 
I guess it was the the owner of TV Guide, his estate. Every Friday they have um, free yoga outside in this beautiful garden area, grass area. And I found out about it this, the two weekends before they shut down for the summer because it's too hot here in the summer to be outside. Mm -hmm. And so I got to go to that for two two Fridays. And then I was like, okay, back to square one. Right. Now where? Now where? <laughs> so exactly there. And and by the way, we're definitely putting one of these in Palm Springs slash Joshua Tree because one of my favorite places uh, on the planet, my son and I love going there. And because I went to Coachella there so many times and partied and ripped it up in Palm Springs, but then would go to Joshua Tree for a burst of spiritualism in between the chaos of being in both weekends of Coachella, you know, yeah. that the beautiful irony would be to go build that there and to have, you know, another place that just represents being on the other side of celebrating life. I haven't even been to Joshua Tree. It's not far from me, but there's also just nothing in La Quinta, like a little further. Mm -hmm. La Quinta is where Coachella is, yeah, yeah, or know, Indio, but it's right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, lo I love that whole um, area. And uh, well, I can tell you this, last year when I asked my son where he wanted to go for March break, he chose Joshua Tree of all the places in the world as wow. a teenager. Yeah, because you can feel the energy there. And, you know, kids are way more tuned into this than we are. And there's something magical about places like that. That's why we're drawn to it. Oh, I'll have to yeah. check it out then. You have to go. You have to go. Yeah. That's cool. So when you are envisioning this place, mm -hmm. what are you seeing? What are you doing there? I yeah, mean, so we kind of talked about it, but specifically. Yeah. The, the downloads, as ridiculous as may sound, but it's getting less and less ridiculous now, it just sounds epic to me now, is to base it on the seven chakras. And that, you know, it, assuming the building can handle it, um, imagine, you know, seven floors where each floor is representing each of your chakras. And that the celebration on those floors can mix in with that, whether that's the, the patterns that we use, the music and frequency playing, the type of modality that matches that, um, you know, the color scheme, the design, et cetera. It's cool. also representing that we need to be in that full alignment and that expression comes in many different ways. And that's one of the things that I've really had to learn because I definitely went through that spiritual egoism trap that, we, that some of us go into where it's like, oh, I'm more, I'm, I'm more spiritual than you. And so therefore, if you're still in capitalism, business and ooh, that bad stuff, um, I can't, I can't hang out with you when the whole point was to actually, um, realize that we've made up the construct of business and warrior mode and that everything has to be hard when actually it's just another way that we're expressing these art forms and that requires to be in full alignment. And so helping people be in that kind of full alignment and that, um, you know, being rooted matters, being in your sacral matters, being you know, all the way up, it all matters. Right. And I've noticed that. Um, when I'm out of alignment, man, it shifts out fast. But when I'm in alignment, everything I'm up to flows differently, including the art form of business, including the art form of creation. And so I believe that helping everyone stay in that alignment and express that way, but also to make it playful, that it's, it's like, hey, we slip out all the time. It's okay, but this is where you go to come back. And that, yes, it feels like a lonely path, but it's not because Yes, it's lonely that we all have our own individual path, 
but there's more and more of us on that path daily. And here's where you can go find some others just like you. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So this is kind of a weird question. Um, mm -hmm. Like for me, I find myself, I'm really avoiding doing the thing that I'm supposed to do, which is singing, mm -hmm. it's music. And mm -hmm. so I do a little bit of it and I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I wrote a song or I mm -hmm. sang a cover on Instagram. So mm -hmm. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but really most of my time I'm not. So is mm -hmm. there anything like that for you in your life that you're still kind of avoiding that you feel like mm -hmm. <laughs> you could be totally. doing more? Well, first of all, we're on a podcast. so. I've only been on a few and each time I get really great feedback or when I'm gathered around people or holding court at the table or whatever, you know, I, I definitely get that. When's your podcast? When are you going to do your podcast? So that has been coming up a lot, especially from Lockhart to Montana. There's definitely a lot of, Hey, where's your podcast at? So that expression of that for sure. Um, and then the other one that keeps coming up is when is your own clothing line coming out? When are you going to express through through that? Because everyone just assumes I already do that because of the way I generally dress, which I to me, yes, but to me, it's not like it's always every even now at 50 when people are like, wow, like I really love how you dress. I still do this kind of like, <laughs> like, why? Because to me, it's just me dressing, right? Like, it's yeah. just like I just express this way and you can go. My mom loves to show my old baby pictures. I have dressed differently typically than everyone since I was, you know, in grade school. It's just a thing. Um, but one of the things I've noticed during, um, you know, kind of this inner work is there's stuff that we're meant to clear and there's stuff that if we don't clear it, we're literally leaving it for our kids to clear it. I feel like, you know, once we're aware of something we're meant to clear, it's really on us or, or they're going to carry it too. Yeah. But I also noticed that, um, you know, some of the ways that I've always dreamt of expressing, isn't it interesting that my son is already doing that? And then oh. when he does it, when he does it, it's such a wake up call to be like, hey, like you're not expressing that way, even though it flows through you. You know, so oh, he just started, he just started he just started his own clothing line with his buddy and it's awesome. <laughs> and I love it. And I was like, ah, you know, I did that because I did that when I was in high school, but I never took it anywhere. I've actually done it more than once where I kind of started it, you know, like you. I kind of wrote the song, right? And yeah. So the real question, I guess, back, you know, for both of us would be when it only feels like kind of, are you being truthful that you're done with the expression? Or is there some lower self loop that's like holding us up? I think we both know the answer, but, you know, that's. Oh, what yeah. I, I mean, for me, it's like, for me, it's always, well, that's not going to make you money. Mm -hmm. you, look at the bank. That's your idol. Right. <laughs> So, you go. Well, I haven't heard this song, so I'm excited to uh, excited to hear it. Oh, I have many, but I just don't mm -hmm. ever put them up there. <laughs> mm. It's funny. There you go. Yeah. It's a cosmic joke. Well, look at it as just another way that you're expressing your consciousness. And so recognize that um, when it's coming through through music, that's awesome. But whether you like it or not, it's coming through everything you're doing. Mm. That's true yeah 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 that's funny that we think we're hiding yeah so the question then would be if you're blocking 
the expression of the music coming through you, telling yourself that because you have a different idol for that expression, where else are you doing that? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Because again, our consciousness sits above these personas and modalities and stories that uh, we've made up. Mm -hmm. right? Again, to go back to the fundamentals is we started in this perfection, this love frequency, the one, the collective, and then we layered on these stories on top. And that's really what I believe life's journey is. It's like we collect all these things. Some of them are handed to us. I, I really feel like just from some of the ridiculous inner work I've done that some of it seems to have come from someone else, right? Yeah. Maybe ancestors or DNA. Like it's just yeah. it's like I'm experiencing something that I have not experienced in this go around. So I don't know right. where it came from. It's in there. And it's like it's layered in there. And I believe we're here to burn it off. Yeah. And we you know, and that's where I think some of these um, ancient religions, you know, they, they have these themes and that theme of like burning off your karma or burning off your story, burning off your shadow and transmuting it into the light. And I believe that's how we uncover our dharma. It's like it wants to shine through, but then all the friction in the stories get layered on top. And we think we're the victim of it when actually it's there for us to make us stronger so that when it does burst open, our light is so strong, which is just like bursting through the egg, which is like going from the chrysalis and bursting through to the butterfly. And it's like you start to realize that when you're in that victim mode, you don't understand why there's a shell. <laughs> right. But then when you, when you break through, you're like, oh, yeah, that's why, that's why that was there. So remember yeah. that we're supposed to fly. Yeah, it's funny just catching yourself with all these distractions that you're putting mm -hmm. in front of yourself like like today i did it a couple times like what are you doing what you know what you're doing mm -hmm. <laughs> why are you doing right. it again yeah it's funny and so when so something that really helps and this helps with the people that i'm that i'm coaching um is to like go back to self so when you're when you're in that questioning or the efforting or it just feels like you're getting the non-preferred reality is to go back and recognize that the order is when you're stumble, when you're in the shadow, when you're in the wobble, whatever word you want to use, when you're getting friction, when you're experiencing throughout your day, uh, I'm not really enjoying this moment. Recognize that it's a lesson for you and you already have experience that even the worst things that have happened to us, there's some light and lesson in there. Even if it, even if it was horrendous, there's something in there. And so that even if you're experiencing it now today or you're in the wobble or you catch yourself being full of shit, just go back to what you know, the fundamentals is, okay, wait a minute. I know what to do here, clear off my tower. And so that's where it's like taking that pause to go do that. Helping people switch into that mode has been so transformative, including myself. So it's like, get your hands off the keyboard. Do not respond. Don't send the yeah. email back, right? <laughs> <laughs> So like, take your hands off and go for a walk. That's what I need to do, right? That's mine. Um, and you know, so one of the things we actually, I actually do for, for everyone we're coaching is like, some of them we have to block off time to go do nothing. Yeah. To go observe what's magic about your life. What's magical and humorous about the lessons you've been receiving this week, right? Where's the magic in the wobble, but also where's the magic in the field? So like, Where's those synchronicities that are inside jokes to you or synchronicities in moments 
And I've learned to do this so much that that's how I live now. That's why I've been going to all these places around the world because I'm so open to listening for the whisper, the omen, the nudges. I call them the nudges. That that's what's pulling me to all these different people and events and places. It's because I'm listening for them. And when you're listening, you don't have to do as much work. You don't have to. Well, so I was, I loved Tim Ferriss, if you know him, because he used to talk about the the minimal effective dose or the four hour work week. That's that guy. Okay. Oh, okay. He's he's very into hacking life and looking for cheat codes. Well, I was a lazy student my whole life. I love doing nothing. So I've actually been training myself to do nothing, which is great. It's like, it's like I'm a professional lazy. So if you want spiritual laziness, the best way to do that is to clear off your tower and be still. And that the stillness has a reward. And it's actually easier to be still and receive the messages and the downloads. If you're willing to act on them, then you have to add courage to that. That's where the effort actually turns on. So there's effort in being still. There's courage to be still, and then the effort and the strength to actually follow through with the nudges, the downloads, the messages, even when they seem absurd. That's and the more you the do that, yes. the more it reinforces that you should keep doing that. Bingo. And that when friction shows up, it's showing you, yes, but not this way. Go a little bit back that way. Yeah. Versus when you get the friction, you know, because I've done this before too. It's like you start doing this stuff, you get some friction. You're like, well, it doesn't work that I'm, I'm not doing any of this. It's like, no, the friction is the gift to say a little bit more that way, a little bit more to the left. Yeah. And then you start to realize it's actually easier to follow the nudges and to listen to the whispers than to not. And it's counterintuitive yeah. because we're taught to warrior mode, climb the wall, burst through it versus no one teaches us the strength of being still and what a gift that is. And if you think about even at, um, in Montana, when we did the, we did some combat sports, right? But what did we do before we started our, our one-on-one fights is we were still and honor each person mm-hmm. and to sit in the moment and experience what we were about to do before we did it. There was like strength and honor and courage in that. And then it, for me, I don't know for you, but it was super fun, uh, fighting. I loved it. Um, I never I, got around to it. it yeah, was, it was amazing. I was surprised how much I, uh, how much the the world stopped, and how much it brought out in me, um, and how much I felt like this bond with the other. Oh, that's... yeah. It's like it's like being in ceremony together. It was uh, it was it was really really cool. But it was also showing me, it's like the stillness and action. It's like I believe we've had it backwards. So it's like when we don't know what to do next, we try to figure out effort and break through things. And I believe the order actually is when we don't know what to do next, it's we're not listening to the whisper. We're not listening to the nudges. And that's where to shift your action. It takes action and strength. I don't know about you, but being still, listening to nudges is hard. And then integrating them is the hardest part, which is why we collect spiritualism versus integrating spiritualism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Integration takes courage and strength. And so I actually think that those of us that have learned life by bashing through the walls, we're so prepared for this. We just have to switch where we're putting the effort. Yeah. And I did, I have noticed that at the beginning, starting to be still and listen 
I would start to hear something I didn't want to hear, and I would uh, get in the way, resist, mm-hmm. try to change it, try to shift it. And so mm-hmm. then I was like, wait a minute. I said, show me what I need to see. Mm-hmm. I didn't say, show me what I want to see. So I need mm-hmm. to get out of the way and just see it. I love that. So another thing that I've really noticed with myself, because um, others pointed out to me, is much like what you just said, is the abundance and the return of my energy going out. So when I'm in my you know, higher self dharma and I'm serving and I'm really helping people and I'm sending it out and sending it out, I was blocking so much of the receipt coming back of that because I wanted the receipt in the way I wanted it, from the people I wanted it, in the way that I wanted it. And the energy and source and God, whatever you want to use, it doesn't work that way. That's the cosmic joke, right? And it's like what you put out comes back, but it's going to come back in the way you really need it and how the collective needs it. And surrendering and learning that that is actually more beautiful than you could plan. That hasn't always been fun for me to figure that part out. <laughs> but, now that, but now that I do, it's like that trust muscle is growing, right? And it's that yeah. when you surrender, when you surrender to the nudges, you're not surrendering in a meek way. It takes strength to trust the wisdom through the nudges, through the modalities, through the whatever it is that cracks you open trusting those taking action on those but then also be willing and worthy to receive them i certainly have blocked some of that big time and then also aware that it's around you everywhere and it's coming in forms that you weren't expecting and so i would encourage anyone listening to this right now i there is a very high probability that there's gifts waiting for you and you have closed off to them because you want them in a certain way and they're sitting right there. And there's messages right there. There's nudges and synchronicities that are just surrounded you. And you've turned off your tower from it because you want the receipt a certain way. And so that's why we block off for our, our, you know, the people that I coach. It's like, go for the walk or do what you gotta do. But as you're doing it, go into observer mode to observe where the field is in on the joke with you and is showing you all the different messages and nudges and synchronicities and it could be everything from collecting seeing angel numbers everywhere that's a fun one you know maybe you see your spirit animal some people are into that but often it can just be a conversation you overhear where they're talking about what you just talked about or you're talking about what you need even if you don't even know those people you'll be at the coffee shop and someone beside you is literally explaining the nudge that you need or someone phones you or texts you, or you think of someone out of the blue, or the person that you're just thinking about shows up. This is all the field responding to your frequency that you sent out in front of you because your energy precedes you. And when we're open to receiving it, the nudges are loud for all of us. It's not like only a few of us are getting this special sprinkling of nudge magic. No, it's like we all have it. But we're so busy in, in our distracted efforting, we're, being, we're busy being busy, it's like, we can't believe that it works this way. It's like, it's because if you believe in the magic, guess what you got to do to all your efforting? Stop. Right? It shadows, it shadows the ego of, I work the hardest. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. Keep working hard. Effort is amazing. But just switch it over here to the effort of trusting the universe and trusting your energy, trusting your higher self. That yeah. equally t- takes effort. It does. Just a different muscle group. 
smaller muscles maybe more effort <laughs> when you're used to working the big ones <laughs> well the, the beautiful part is the people that have been the most forceful forcing their way through life um when they get this message their life uh takes a rocket ship immediately because they're so used to resilience and efforting and they're in right they're great they're great students of you yeah. know going for it being up playing outside the lines you know the other misfits out there typically we've all been in that perseverance path at some point it's just now tweaking what you persevere through and the, the cosmic joke is can you persevere your own nonsense to trust the nudges that have been waiting for you yeah and that's a great place to end all right we are over an hour thank Sweet. you for being here I yeah, think this awesome. is awesome. Of course it is. Yeah, it's great. And you're right. very glowy too. Like you can that. see. It's nice oh, to see thank that you. you're clearly integrating since uh since for fit for service, I can tell. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah awesome. All right. I'll see you in a few months. Unless everybody gets together in the summer sometime. We'll follow those nudges and see what happens. There we go. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.